0: When you move, such an easy thing for you to do, your hand is moving right now, you are still showing up at the tomb of every Lazarus, and your voice... of the whole You never lost a battle No, you never lost a battle
1: thank God today that we serve a God who has never lost a battle, never lost a fight. That's why we can rejoice when we hear scriptures like greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Uh, That's why we can rejoice when we hear scriptures like with man it might be impossible but with God all things are possible because we serve a God who has never lost the battle. That's why we have to learn how to put things in his hands, take it out of our hands. Because watch this, even when we're fighting and we think we're fighting in the name of the Lord, it doesn't mean that we're going to be victorious. And sometimes the victory is far on the other side of your fight. You might not even live long enough to see the victory come to pass. But you've got to remember, God is above time. He sees yesterday, today, and tomorrow all at the same time. He's not limited by that fourth dimension that we are. But we can sing by faith and look back over our lives and see by the track record of what God has done that he's a God who has never lost, never lost, never took an L, hallelujah to the Lamb. Come on, somebody rejoice in that. Put it in the chat if you will. And say, thank God he's never lost a battle. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time today. Father, bless your word today. Hide me behind your cross that your people might see you. Let them hear you in the midst of what you will speak through me. So that in hearing from you, they might become more like you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So here's a question for you to answer today. How do you react when people do you wrong or when people treat you wrong? How do you react? Now I distinguish between a reaction and a response in this way. I think a response comes after some thoughtful consideration. I think a response comes after we take time to assess the situation, the circumstances, and we see not only what was done, but we have taken the opportunity to discover why it was done. But a reaction is just that. It is immediate. It is literally rooted in my flesh, and I am hit with something. I am forced to face something, and I react to it instantaneously. My brothers and sisters, here's what I submit to you today. Whenever we are put in the position to react to something, our tendency is to react in our flesh and not by faith. Our tendency is to react in an ungodly way, not in a godly way. Paul, in our text today, is challenging us on what is the central core of the Christian faith, and that is how we interact with and get along with others on earth it's amazing how many christians look at their relationship with god the vertical relationship with god and think that is the only rule by which they will be measured and while our vertical relationship with god is vitally and critically important the expression of that vertical relationship with God must be seen in our horizontal relationship with other people, in people who are loving and in people who are unlovable. So today I want to continue our walk in this series, Being a Believer Every Day, Everyday Christianity. And I want to talk to you today from the thought, Loving Right, When Others Treat You Wrong, Part 2. Loving right when others treat you wrong, part two. Uh, We started on last week looking at Romans chapter 12, verse 14 in particular, and and hearing the, the challenging admonition of the Apostle Paul as to how we are to show love to people who do us wrong. We are to bless them and not curse them. We are to upbuild them and not pull them down, right? And, and, and all of us, I think, would agree that, that that kind of love, watch this, while it's a love that we readily want and welcome, it's not a love that we readily give. We want people to bless us in a positive way when we make a mistake or when we are in our flesh. But what do we do when somebody else is in their flesh and we have to respond to them? Today I want to shift out of Romans chapter 12 and spend the day in uh, 1 Peter chapter 3. But before we go there, let's lay some ground rules. Let's lay some foundations for the importance of learning how to love even difficult people or in difficult times. John chapter 13 verse 34 Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. That that horizontal presence of love in our day-to-day relationships, in our day-to-day activities, It is evidence that our vertical relationship with God is right, that you cannot love God whom you have never seen and not love the people who are around you, who you see every day. He says that love is central to your Christian faith, the expression of that love, the proper expression of that love, the pervasive expression of that love to both the good and the bad, right? The, the, the good and the evil. That, that expression of love is vital. My late pastor, Dr. A. Lewis Patterson, gave such a powerful definition of love. Let's read it together, if you will. Love is a minimum of emotions and a maximum evaluation of need with the meeting of that need in a spirit of self-sacrifice by doing whatever is needed to be done, even if you don't feel like it. And I love that definition because what what Dr. Patterson said is is what Jesus said, that that it's not about your emotions. It's not about feelings. It's amazing when people talk about being in love and out of love, and and really in love and out of love many times is code for being in lust and out of lust. Uh, but, but God says, and, and, and I love the way Dr. Patterson says it, it is a minimum of emotions but a maximum evaluation of need, and it is an expression of your will. And if you don't get anything else, I want you to get this today. In order to love right when other people have done you wrong, you've got to make your love come from the place of your will, and not the place of your feelings. It's gotta come from the place of your will. Here's the first thing I want you to see today. Uh, Number one, you must learn how to bless others when they have done you wrong. You must learn how to bless others when they have done you wrong. First Peter chapter three, verse nine. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling. But on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. The New Living Translation says, don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. How do you react to others when they've done you wrong? As a matter of fact, it's as if Peter says, before we can talk about what you should do, let's talk about what you shouldn't do. You should not repay evil for evil. You should not retaliate insults for insults. That that word evil uh, speaks to a person who is bad in character, and that bad character manifests itself in bad conduct. So, so watch what Peter does. He, he takes it to a whole nother level. In other words, this is not a good person who necessarily made a mistake. This is an evil person. This is a mean-spirited person. This is a person who can't get along with themselves, right? This is somebody that you may deem to be ugly. They just, they're just a mean person. And, and Peter says, don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate against the person who is evil. That word for reviling speaks to uh, slander or um, railing or reproach or insults. Uh, in other words, if somebody insults you, he says, don't, don't come off the the, the, the ropes and, and insult them back. Or if they insult you a little, don't, don't try to put them in their place by insulting them a lot. He says, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't respond on the level that they are at because listen carefully if you react on the level that they are at then you cannot be used by God to pull them up to the level they need to be at the Bible commands us to not do what our flesh naturally wants to do so let me be very clear I understand what your flesh wants to do your flesh wants to react. Your flesh wants to come right back at him, And God says, no. God says you must control yourself. You must exercise self-control. Even when your flesh wants to do wrong, you've got to control your flesh and get your flesh to do right. He wants you to live in a way that your life becomes a testimony to the love of God, so that your reaction to what somebody does sends a bigger message, not to who you can be in your flesh, but who you are when you walk in the Spirit. And and you know that, that whole phrase of being filled with the Spirit is what? Literally, filled with the Spirit means to be controlled by the Spirit. It's not about whether or not you can speak in tongues. It's not about jumping high or running fast in the church or, or dancing in the church. Being filled with the Spirit is living under the control of the Holy Spirit. And Peter says, you and I, we must learn how to be controlled by the Spirit of God. We cannot react in our flesh when God gives us an opportunity to walk in the Spirit. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. That, that phrase, get rid of. Listen, this is about you tossing it aside. This is about you throwing it off. And even if you say, and even if you pray and you say, Lord, I need you to help me with my temper. I need you to help me with my anger. Guess what? God can't help you to do what you don't want to do. You've got to take that initiative. You've got to take that step to check yourself. Look at 1 Corinthians 4.12. And we labor working with our own hands. When reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure here's the second thing i want you to see number two you will be blessed when you learn how to bless the people who have done wrong to you you will be blessed when you learn how to bless the people who have done wrong to you peter says in the b part of verse 9 but on the contrary bless For to this you were were called, that you may obtain a blessing. He says, so there's a contrast. Don't repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling. I know that's what your flesh wants to do. He says, but don't do it. But on the contrary, bless. Do the opposite of what your flesh wants to do. And then I love this idea, to this you were called. The New Living Translation says that is what God has called you to do. You have been called to live a different way. And then he says that you may obtain a blessing. The New Living Translation says and he will bless you for it. Our normal reaction, somebody does us evil, man, let me plot and plan to get them back. Somebody insults me, I'm going to insult them back. a matter of fact, I'm going to insult them so bad that they know not to fool with me. Don't mess with me. You don't want any of this over here. And God basically says, what testimony does that give to who you are and who you have become as a child of God? See, sometimes we'll even warn folk, right? We'll be like, hey, 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 man, you don't want to go down that road. You know, you're getting ready to make my BC come out right now. You know, you're before Christ, right? Or, or maybe in your testimony, you'll say something like this. You know what? You just better be grateful, because if you had caught me five years ago. But guess what? Even that is not really God-glorifying. When you testify to what you would have done, unless you testify to the power of God to change your life. And even when you're testifying to the power of God to change your life, the question is, how do you do it? People who do evil, people who revile you, Peter says you to pay them back with a blessing. And that word bless, eulogio, right? It's where we get the word eulogy from. We we typically use that word in the context of a funeral. It's uh, typically a word that is reserved for the final words that are spoken over a person by a pastor or a friend or a family member. Uh, You don't have to be a preacher to do a eulogy, right, to speak well of or a talk that speaks well of a person. And you don't have to be at a funeral. You, You can give a eulogy for somebody and speak well of a person while they're still alive. But it is always in the positive. It's always in the context of uplifting, upbuilding, and affirming who a person is and what a person has done. He says, you are not to do them evil. You are not to revile them. You are to speak well of them. Now, I told you, here's what's interesting. We are quick to claim it. We're not quick to do it. Like if somebody's not talking to us right, or oh, we quick, we quick to claim it. Matter of fact, uh, I was just reminded this past week somebody had a discussion with somebody, and they said, well, you, you, you obviously didn't listen to Pastor's Sermon this last Sunday, because if you heard that sermon, you wouldn't be coming at me that way. But listen, I'm not talking about how people come at you. I'm talking about how you respond to them. Because watch this. I cannot control what other people do or what other people say, or how they respond to me. All I can do is control whether I react or respond in my flesh. And I've got to learn how to check myself. I've got to check myself to make sure that I'm walking in the way that God wants me to walk. Now, here's the way most of us live. Most of us live... I'm going to do unto others the way they have done unto me. Yeah, I'm going to do unto others the way they have done unto me. Some of us go so far as to say, I'm going to do unto others before they do unto me. And Peter reminds us that you are not to do unto others the way they've done unto you. You are to do unto others the way God has commanded you to. See, when the world sees you arguing, bickering, brawling, grumbling, griping, complaining, you at that moment are not walking the way God wants you to walk. And your walk is no longer a testimony to the love and grace of God in your life. The Lord wants you to continue to work to become more like Jesus. The Lord wants you to keep your mind on living holy and righteous and a pure life. The Lord wants you to keep your mind on developing spiritual character and displaying spiritual fruit. That's what God wants. He wants you to develop spiritual character, and he wants you to display what? Spiritual fruit. We many times see people who are focusing on the manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit and fail to understand that our primary responsibility is to grow in displaying the fruit of the Spirit. And it's the fruit that never goes out of season. You must keep your mind on carrying out the ministry and mission of Christ. So when you react... Remember, you tend to react in your flesh. When you react in your flesh, you damage your Christian witness. You damage your testimony to others. When you react against a person and do to them what they do to you, you lose the opportunity to share the love of God with them. As a matter of fact, let me go one step further. When you react in your flesh, it is as if you negate the Holy Spirit from being able to work in you and through you. It's almost as if you are literally saying, you know what, God, I'm going to respond in my flesh. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. I'm going to tell them, I'm going to tell them a thing or two. And it negates the Holy Spirit's opportunity to be able to work through you and on somebody else. Can I tell you something? Scriptures talk about the soft answer turning away wrath. I have been in situations where I have lost my cool. I know some of you find it hard to believe, but there have been situations where I've lost my cool. And I felt like I was justified, like I had a righteous indignation. But what I discovered in the midst of that was a lost opportunity to accomplish what I felt like God wanted me to accomplish. And in some instances, I got suckered in. I'm looking back now, y'all, and I'm confessing to you, I got suckered in because somebody said something or they did something or they questioned my character or they questioned my integrity. And instead of me just letting it go and moving forward and staying focused, I changed the fight in my mind from the task and what we were trying to accomplish to defending myself. Are you hearing me? And when I put it on me and I'm defending me, listen, God said he'll fight my battles. I'm fighting for a project and I make it personal instead of continuing to fight on the project because somebody who wasn't benefiting from my project attacked me personally. Man, that's the old trick of the devil and I fell right for it. Look at Leviticus 19, 18. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against a fellow Israelite, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am God. Proverbs 20, verse 22. Let's read it together, if you will, wherever you are. Do not say, I will repay evil. Wait for the Lord, and he will deliver you. 1 Thessalonians 5.15. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Now let me close by telling you this. If if you really want to, if you genuinely, sincerely want to try to live out this word in your life, can I tell you a way to do it? Pray for your enemies. Pray for those who do evil against you. Pray for those who retaliate against you. Pray for those who revile you, who insult you. Pray for them. Listen to what the scripture says. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. These are the words of Jesus. Jesus says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And listen to what Jesus does on the cross. Luke chapter 23, verse 34, listen to what Jesus says. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and they cast lots to divide his garments. This is the first word from the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You know what happens after that word from the cross? Two thieves engage in a conversation with Jesus in the middle. And one thief says what? Man, you, you, you should save us. You know, I, you dine up here with us, and you supposed to be God. The other thief says, man, you talking to this man crazy. He's done nothing wrong. We deserve to be here. He doesn't even deserve to be here. And you talking to him like he's a common criminal. And then... The second thief says to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now, listen to me. I don't know what would have happened, but I would venture to say, if Jesus did not pray and ask God to forgive those who were crucifying him because they didn't know what they were doing, How how, how much do you think that prayer impacted the eavesdropping thief on the cross? How, How much do you think the response of Jesus said to this man, I can approach him with eternity in mind, even though I'm about to die in time? I submit to you, my brothers and sisters, that his response, the response of our Lord, created an evangelistic moment, an evangelistic moment for this thief on the cross to say yes to Jesus. Listen to me carefully. You you don't want to become a stumbling block to a Jesus moment moment. When somebody might come to know him, if you would only respond in a way that honors him. See, if you react in a way that dishonors the Lord, then here's the question. Are you giving the Holy Spirit every opportunity to reach this person with the love of God? Because the truth of the matter is you've got to show them the love of God for them to see the love of God. If you don't show them the love of God, then they won't see the love of God. So God says, help me help somebody else. Because the more you live like Jesus, the more I can show them who Jesus is. God says, when you bless those who do evil, you will be blessed. You will be a blessing and you will get a blessing. The idea is basically this. What you give to others, God says, I will give to you. The Lord says, you bless others, I will bless you. The Lord says, you forgive others, I will forgive you. Mark eleven twenty five. 25 And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your Father, also who is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Ephesians 4.32. And let me close with this. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, and just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, Forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You want to be blessed? The Lord says learn how to be a blessing. Even to the people that you may not think deserve to be blessed. Even to the people that you do not believe deserve your eulogio, your eulogy, your well speaking of them. Because God says, in truth, those people don't deserve it, but neither do you. And those people need it, and so do you. Because when you bless others, you give me an opportunity to bless you. Let's pray. Lord, help us to do by your power, by the power of the Holy Spirit to do what we cannot do in our flesh. Help us to honor you in a way that even when people persecute us and revile us, help us today, God, to know and see that they can be won by our godly response. That when we respond in an ungodly way, we can shut the door to the power of your Holy Spirit being able to work in them and on them. Help us to recognize that love is the key that opens the door to their heart. And when we love, we give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to show them your love. We thank you, Lord, and we ask your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, thank you so much for being with us on today. Man, I hope and pray that you have been blessed by this message. Now, listen, if you'd like to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, you have an opportunity to do that no matter where you are. Remember, it's not about church membership. It's about a relationship with the God who loves you so much. He loves you where you are, but he loves you so much he doesn't want to leave you there. He wants to make something beautiful out of your life. But here's what I've learned. God will not do it without your permission and without your participation. You've got to willingly allow the Lord to come into your life and willingly allow the Holy Spirit to guide you in your life and in your living. Click on the button that says, I want to become a Christian. I want to be saved. And I will lead you through that prayer of salvation, how to ask the Lord Jesus Christ into your life. If you'd like to be a part of our church family, man, we would love to have you to become part of our church family on our digital platform and help you in your walk with the Lord, help you to be discipled on the digital platform. And we are excited about what God is doing in our church right now and excited about what God is doing in your life. Just click on the button that says, I want to join the church. That's all you got to do. Say, I want to join the church. And of course, if you need prayer, just put that into the chat right now. Just put that into the chat. I need prayer. And we can help you with that as well. We have people who are standing by who would love to pray with you and pray for you. This year has been an eventful year, to say the least. Um, I struggled with COVID. And again, let me tell you, I want to thank you for your prayers. Man, the the lingering effects have been the toughest thing to deal with. To uh, be on blood pressure medicine now, never having been on blood pressure medicine before. And the doctor attributing that to COVID and how it racked my body internally. uh, To have liver scarring in my body and to attribute that to uh COVID as well and now to be on another treatment plan just just thanking god though that i'm still here in the land of the dying on my way to the land of the living please ma'am please sir take care of yourself do everything that you can to remain healthy and whole don't forget god is doing something wonderful in you now listen february the 20th i think i might have said 10 p.m earlier Y'all know we ain't not going to be at church 10 p.m. on Sunday, 10 a.m., February the 20th. We come back to the sanctuary. Those of you who are not going to come back, you're not comfortable. Man, I understand completely. I will continue to pray for you. But for those who want to come back, we will be here every Sunday beginning February the 20th until the Lord leads differently. 10 a.m., we're going to be here in person worshiping the Lord. But listen, don't fret. Those of you who may not be coming back, we'll still be right here on the digital platform bringing to you worship and word and encouraging you to do the work that God has called you to do. Don't forget, those of you who are volunteering, man, thank you so much. Our food pantry doing absolutely tremendous. We shifted from Tuesday, Wednesday to Friday, Saturday. Man, we've had record numbers of volunteers coming out because watch this. It's not just worship. It's not just witness. It's work. That also helps us to become the people that God wants us to be. Got to put that faith into action. It's more than just coming to church. It's about us being church. All right. God bless you. God be with you. See you February the 20th, 10 a.m. And if not in person, see you right back here on the digital platform. God is doing something wonderful in you. God bless you. That's my prayer.